Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You know what I love about our conversations? That I'm not talking to you about something that I conquered, something that I mastered, and then I'm doubling back and saying, hey, guess what? These are the things that I learned. Some of our conversations are about that, but nine times out of ten, I'm talking to you about real-life, real-time revelation. I am literally brewing the tea, sipping it, and adjusting it as I'm pouring you some, if you will. <sighs> Can I be honest with you and unveil real quick? Like, just between you and I, I want you to tell nobody, okay, right? The season that I am currently in is frustrating. Not frustrating just randomly, you know. It rained on your suede shoes kind of thing. They ran out of your favorite ingredient and you had a taste for, you know, nothing to that degree. And I'm going to say something that's not the most spiritually, you know, apt. But um, I am real enough to say that I'm frustrated by my anointing. Now, I know that there's um, a zillion church mothers right now that will um, pinch me with the clothes and the skin ratio perfected. Uh, but I have to live and talk my truth. And I'm going to shoot from the hip because anything else feels like I'm going to be shackled and Mary Mary and them said I can't dance like that. So I'm not going to do that. Here's the thing. My, myself, like a lot of people, you have expectations, right? Whether they are preconceived and you like, oh, I just automatically just assume that this is supposed to go this way. Or if it's something, however it's developed, I feel like we all have expectations. And I feel like life experiences teach you that either your expectation is too low, is too high. And so you start to learn an ebb and flow with adjusting your expectation to your experiences. Here's where my frustration comes in. I have learned so much about myself in this season. I have taken a particular class that had me take an array of assessments, personality assessments uh, for my personal life and showing how I, I am in the workplace and, you know, showing just, I mean, really, 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 remember the duffel bag I've been speaking to you about? I have literally felt like I now have identified different contents in the duffel bag that is me. And so I'm sitting with that and I'm like, it's making sense now. It's not that I'm a perfectionist. It's that I have a high need for achievement. It's not that um, I'm just so strict and, and I can't, uh, loosen up is that I really work my best in structured environments. That's why I'm a planner. That's why I budget the way that I do. And so what God has allowed me to gather about myself in this season has made sense on previous seasons, but more so now. I learned that through one of my assessments that my personality type requires for me to get to the foundational root of why. I don't just see a problem. I want to know why. Why did a person do what they do? Why do you feel the way that you feel? And I ask and I dig and I try to find the why all the way back down to the seed that produced this particular tree. I want to know the seed so that we don't plant this way anymore. It does me no service to know what kind of fruit is on this tree if I don't desire this tree to be in my life. It's how I'm wired. Do you see what I'm saying? 
And so in this particular realm in my life, and I'm going to try my best not to name nobody's grandbabies because you know how we do. I am in a certain place that God allowed me to be blessed in. There was a certain opportunity, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, so excited, right? I walked into this opportunity feeling excited because at the core of me, I love learning. Teach me something new. Teach me how to Dougie. It don't matter what it is. I'm excited about learning. I'm excited about the application of what I learned, and I'm excited about sharing what I learned because I feel like if I get better, I can make people better, and then that's what the whole thing is about. That's what this breathing in and out thing is about anyway, in my opinion. I went into this particular space in my life with the desire to be taught. That's, that's my desire. But my anointing is to teach. Do you, do you see the conflict there? I'm walking in situations in my life with book bag, with the student posture, with the teach me, and I am aligning myself next to students who are like, now show me how you do that. And it's frustrating me because I'm looking at earthly tenure. I'm looking at how long you've been in this particular field, how long you've been in a position. If you have however many decades underneath your belt, I'm looking at the accolades that you have. I'm looking at the degree that you have. I'm looking at your stature in life. I'm looking at all the things that I equate to, oh, you'll be able to teach me. And so when I come alongside that kind of person and I see that you are ill-prepared because I am more prepared as a student than you are a teacher, it then reminds me that God always puts me in a place where he wants me to teach people. And I want to be taught. I guess I just have that particular posture where I feel like I have never arrived. I can always learn. I can learn from my elementary age you know, when my children were in elementary school, I can learn from anyone. I can learn from anything. I can learn from strangers. And so I have a very teachable posture in my walk of life. So when I get into a field or I get into a place where I'm like, okay, great. You'll be the one that will cultivate me because I have identified you know, accolades, degrees, whatever it is that I have identified, okay, boom, I can learn from you. I then have to mourn that and grieve that to really understand that God only places me where he can use my anointing. Do you know how uncomfortable it is to be at conflict with your anointing? Do you know how emotionally and spiritually draining it is to ask God for something. He gives it to you, but he makes you the person that you're praying for. I wanted to change fill in the blank, right? Your job, your home, your relationship, whatever it is. I then get into that space and God blesses me with the opportunity for that change. But what I keep forgetting is that he made me the change maker. And so one of the anointings that I have that I'm speaking specifically about is that I get into an environment 
and I can see immediately what needs to be changed. I can see who the issue is, what the issue is, what is being done wrong. And I used to think that I just had like a judgmental kind of like eye. I was like, gosh, maybe it comes from the fact that my mother was militant. You know, I couldn't really put my finger on it. But now I'm getting more comfortable with, oh, God just wired me that way. I can pinpoint every job I've ever been to. And can and I was the one that was like, okay, so why are we doing it that way? Whether it was a field that I was acclimated in or a field that I was new to. If I, I was in training class and saying, hey, maybe you should try training us this way and getting the results. I have always been that advocate for change, always been that advocate for we need to do this differently. And I've always wanted to be taught how to do something better. So how is it that the student is teaching the teacher? Isn't that like oxymoronic? Somewhat, right? You would think that if you are a paid trainer, that you will be training me. But then he places me in a place that I'm actually teaching you because you stopped learning along the way because you just settled with the fact and been stagnant with the fact that, you know, this is the way that it's always been done. Which is why a lot of my personal relationships didn't work. Because I would come into these relationships, whether personal relationships, intimate, whether it's family, whether it's friends, and I don't allow people to just do family, friendship, you know, whatever it is, eat all the above, business as usual. You can't just continue to just be who you were with me if it's not working for you. And I can see that. I can see when someone is stagnant. I can see when someone is in their own way. I can see these things. And so the last thing that you're going to be able to do is remain stagnant where I'm anointed. And so I have accepted that in my personal relationships. I've accepted that. It took some time. Because I wanted such and such to grow. And I wanted such and such to stop doing A, B, and C. Because why don't you see? And it will frustrate me. And then I just had to go ahead and take a deep breath and say, listen, when you stand online in Judgment Day, your entrance into heaven is not contingent on whether they got it or not. And I was like, okay, that takes a lot off. I hate that. Because I really want people to grow and I really want people to get to the other side of the growth. Because growth is painful, but the other side of it is rewarding. Like, my gosh, I really want you to continue to try to learn this bike. I know that it hurt your shins at some point. I know your knees is busted up. But once you go ahead and get on this bike, man, the places that you can go that you could never aspire to just by walking alone. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I accepted that in personal relationships. I haven't quite gotten that um, revelation when it comes to career. I've looked at people and said, but you've been, but you've been given this award, but you've been given this particular degree, but you've, been, you've reached this level of tenure in this position. Why is it that you're operating this way? And I finally got to the place that I had to sit down with myself today, real time, and say, you are fighting your anointing. Maybe you don't understand how anointing works. Anywhere in the Bible, God places 
who he needs in problematic areas. If there wasn't a problem, then it would be no person to solve it. The reason why Goliath got done up is because David came at the right time presented with a problem. This Philistine is talking smacketh, and um, he finna lay hands through some pebbles. The end. Nothing in your life is going to be presented on a platter. It's going to be presented as a problem. And once you become aware of who you are, how God wired you, you would then start to realize you keep presenting me with problems that I can solve. But for me personally, I have been taking out the emotional capacity from it. I want to get to a place that I walk into something, see the problem and go (laughs) and look up like, I know what you're doing, God. Mm -hmm. No, I know what you're doing. So let me go ahead and complete this assignment. It makes no sense being emotionally negatively vested into the situation. I'm going to go ahead and master this. And after I master this, I will then be able to say, you know what? (laughs) Me a couple of years ago would have handled this way differently, but I'm starting to see what this is. If you are a soldier of, of God, right? If you are a soldier for the kingdom, He's not putting you in places that has already been conquered. That was the Israelites' whole trip up. They were in Egypt doing Egyptian things, and it's like, listen, that has already been conquered, but I want to take you to a land with milk and honey that literally I want you to go ahead and conquer it. I want you to go ahead and take over. I want you to have dominion here. Yeah, there may be somebody already there, and they live there, and and it's huge, and the grapes is huge, and I know some of y'all are scared, but I'm placing you in situations that look bigger than you that may even frighten you a little little bit but I'm placing you there because the anointing that I put in you is supposed to solve that problem when God looked at the land that he deemed milk and honey flowing with milk and honey he looked at it like why my people not in here yeah my people should be here that's a problem so he literally raised up a group of Israelites to solve that I dare to step out right now and say in your life right now, right now this minute, you are being presented with a problem and you are either doing one or two things. You are responding emotionally like a human, okay, or you are trying to ignore it, just trying to go ahead and not ruffle no feathers and just, you know what, just coast. You're going to have to literally look into yourself and say, um, am I presenting the way that God wants me to with this problem? I guarantee you, it may not be huge. It, it, it could be something small, but I guarantee you, God has been knocking on the door of you to open up to solve this particular problem. And you have either went ahead and say, nope, it's not my pay grade. Nope, that's not my child. Nope, that's not my husband. Nope, that's not my. And you went ahead and counted yourself out because you looked at it like it's not your responsibility. Then why would God show you it? Why would God show you something that you see as problematic and you have the tools to solve it and yet you decide to sit down? Then who's going to get in the ring with the problem? 
Who's going to TKO and knock out this problem? What if David would have did that? What if David would have said, okay, um, listen, if Saul in all of his armor, okay, and his entire army, if they not doing something, what I'm going to do with this picnic basket in my hand? <laughs> Brian come down here equipped to fight nothing. I didn't, but he didn't do that. He had the whole mindset of like, listen, if I was able to go ahead and fight lions and tigers and bears, oh my, on behalf of my sheep, then I can get dirty with the, listen, it, it can go down with Goliath however he wanted to go down for God's sheep. You understand me? Feel me on that one. And it's kind of, like when I even revert back to that story, it's like, why weren't you scared? Because usually with your problem, God gave you little pop quizzes before that. Now, whether you chose to pay attention to it or whether you pass it or not, it's entirely up to you. But David just showed us, "Mm -mm, I've done this on a smaller scale before, so I'm not afraid of what's about to come. Buddy being all the nine feet and his chest plate and all that and his shield and all that weighing probably more than me does nothing for my confidence. It does nothing for my ego because at this point I was prying open lion's mouths and bears and like all that for mine. So like this, eh, maybe on a different scale, but like my heart don't beat no different on this pitter patter like because of you, sir, because I've been doing this. And so I had to sit with myself and say, Okay, so the truth is that you you recognize, okay, that you you have a desire that is conflicting with your anointing, okay? Could it possibly be that uh, your desire to be taught is just out of place, right? Like, like, let's break this down in real time. Could it be that the problem should be teaching you? Right? So I'm going to give you an example. It almost seems like at every job I ever go to, I don't necessarily have a supervisor that teaches me beyond my level of uh, current information, right? I come with a certain, certain set of skills. I am work ethic is on the fleekiest. You feel me? Like, I just... It's a lot of times, a lot of horns I'm not going to toot. A lot of times I wouldn't toot the horn. But as far as work ethic, I'm going to toot that thing. <laughs> toot that thing. Okay, let's go back. But, yeah, that that's going to be tooted. So I have always wanted to excel beyond what I currently possess. And I have always looked for supervisors or someone in the company that can pretty much come alongside me and accentuate that cultivate that make me better than what I was when I walked into your building it's pretty much my mindset and my silent expectation I have always gone to a position and been the teacher and I didn't want to I have always looked at how something could be better and I just wanted to sit and learn and just be a student And so maybe what I'm supposed to learn, and a lot of us kind of push this under the rug, maybe what you're supposed to learn is how not to do a thing, right? Maybe our learning because of the school 
system and how they taught us, they taught us things that we didn't know before. They taught us things that we were going to need for the next levels. They taught us how to read now or our ABCs now because you were going to need how to know how to read later on. There were certain things that you were taught now because you need to be better later. And so maybe I kept that same flow. I kept that same posture and I went into facilities and it was, let me show you how not to do a thing so that you never do it this way. And that's not what I was expecting. But now that I hear myself saying that that is also being taught. I'm realizing that you have to change your perspective on what you thought in order to pick up what God wanted you to receive. You have to change how you perceive being taught. My perception was make me better. Add to me. Yeah, maybe not the way that I thought, but teaching me what not to do is definitely adding to me. Because let's just do a virtual experience real quick. Imagine going into whatever realm that is the desire of your heart. Maybe marriage, maybe children, maybe, you know, CEO of your own, whatever, entrepreneur. Imagine being taught the right way to do every single thing. You literally know how to train a dog, how to raise a child, how to, I mean, you know it to the T. So then what happens at some point in your tenure, when you realize, wait a minute, this is not going the way that I was taught. <laughs> Hold on, wait, why? What's this colic that's going on with this baby? What's this uh, barking thing that's happening with this dog? What's this uh, discord that's happening in this relationship? What's this? Could it possibly be that if you experience that after having never seen it walked out through someone else, that it could possibly throw you. Maybe that's the thing that has people questioning God. Am I where I'm supposed to be? And, you know, was this the person that you, you you blessed me with? Was this the job I was supposed to be? I literally had someone tell me one time that she broke up with someone because they had their first argument. And when he called her back, she was shocked. Like, why are you calling me back? And he was like, what do you mean? She was like, we're not together. He was like, what are you talking about? She said, we had a disagreement yesterday. We're not together no more. And he was like, no, we had a disagreement. We didn't talk for a couple of hours, but you're supposed to work through it. And I asked, and I was laughing, and she was looking at me with the most serious expression, and I asked her where that came from, and she told me literally, quote, actually, I never seen my parents argue, so when I argued or had a disagreement in my own relationship, it was just clear to me that we weren't meant to be. I said, Really? She was like, yeah, I've never seen a disagreement, never seen that at all. And her parents were together 30-some-odd years before her dad passed. So now the Holy Spirit brought that to my remembrance. Can you imagine never seeing something done the wrong way? Never being frustrated and having to you know, put out fires. Never having seen someone not carry something out. You know how I started looking at things? Like, man, if they gave you this position operating the way that you are operating, then I, I'm going I'm going to be great. I'm going to be just fine. Because <laughs> sometimes we get scared. 
You get scared of entrepreneurship. You get scared of being a wife. You get scared of being a husband. You know, you become fearful because of the imagery that you have in your mind. The imagery in your mind is scaring you from a position that you desire. And then what does God do? Show you someone that you like, you're a wife? Bro, they hired you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. They gave you a bonus? And then you start looking at yourself like, listen, I don't want to judge nobody else's grandbaby, but um, real talk, it's kind of giving me a little bit of confidence. Because I thought I had to have this kind of measurements to be attracted to somebody else. I thought I had to have all these different accolades to get the attention that I needed to get the position that I want in the future. I thought I had to have, you know, double the decade underneath my particular career. And I'm starting to look and I'm like, wait a minute. I think I set the bar of expectation too high. Which is a trick. Because that doesn't mean that you're supposed to lower your expectation for yourself. It just means that when you look at other people, don't set it at all until someone else sets it for you. So, for example, I think I would have had a better a better time period at the jobs that I've been at if I went in with the mindset of, show me how y'all work in this environment. Yeah, what's y'all work ethic like? Like, are you competent? Are you working in excellence? Like, like, what is expected of us here? I think if I would have reclined into that kind of posture, would have saved me a whole bunch. Because what was happening was I was walking into file rooms like, why does it look that way? I'm looking at paperwork like, why, why is this one process a zillion forms? I don't understand. Okay, time out. What is going on? Mm-mm. Now that I am clear after having this conversation with you, I'm going to allow the environment to introduce itself to me. Because when you introduce yourself to me, you have not taught me what I'm in for. The environment looks a lot like, hi, how are you? Listen, time management is not really a big thing here. Um, we hire any and everybody. Um, also, listen, you if you think that you got to stay up late and do all this, mm-mm, listen, we, we just barely making it here. Like, let the environment kind of like introduce when you meet someone. Let the environment introduce. Let the person, listen. I don't want to hear nothing you have to say, sir, ma'am. I want to literally watch you and go, oh, you're inconsistent. And that's a big deal for me. Oh, you have an anger issue. Like, you get irritable really, really quickly. Okay. Oh, you blow money. Not because you have it, just because you have poor spending habits. And then, like, just kind of like, you know, what? let the environment introduce itself. And then you can say, hey, Quick question. Um, so am I expecting too much from you if I expect for you to A, B, and C? And the environment will answer you. The person will answer you. The job will answer you. The entrepreneurial lane will answer you. And then that will save you so much frustration. You know, I told you that I reflect a lot, right? And that I look at myself and I'm like, man, you know, how can I have done that better? How can I have done this better? And I ask myself, where in the Bible can I identify where someone was frustrated by their anointing? 
And I had all these different things that I was like, oh, I can bring that up. I can bring this up. But I decided to go, listen, go big or go home. Big joker, if you will. I decided to go big baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Big baby, I mean, who can lose with the big baby Jesus? You understand? Went to Matthew 17 and was like, bruh, I feel you. <sighs> oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to waste no time. You know I read in the NLT version. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I want to start at verse 14. This is where it says Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. So it says, at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. 17. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. 18. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and left, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. 19. After the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? 20. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. <laughs> How many times in the Bible you don't heard Jesus say something about, um, y'all need more faith? Okay, great. Literally, like, if I, and I didn't Google it, but if I were to Google how many times Jesus was like, bro, come on. <laughs> y'all frustrating me. Remember when the soldier came and was like, uh-uh, buddy, you don't have to. Mm -mm, Jesus, listen, you do not have to come to my house, uh, to my servant. You can go ahead and just speak this word right here, and you can just go ahead, and I'm sure that word will go ahead and heal my servant. And Jesus looked and was like, sir, I have yet to see faith like this in all of Israel. When the woman with the issue of blood came and she was like, I'm sorry, he was like, who touched me? Okay, who touched me? And then she finally went ahead and was like, it was me? He was like, it's okay, your faith made you whole. Then when, you know, Peter was walking on water with him real quick, and he was like, started drinking all that chlorine. Because it's chlorine in the ocean, I don't care. Um, and was like, Jesus, I'm drowning. He pulled out his hand and was like, why, why do you have so little faith? And then it, like... Other times that he was looking at them like, how much longer do I have to be with you? Why, why is so little faith? Continuously, I could feel the venom in Matthew seventeen seventeen. Let's read it again. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Listen, Jesus is over them grandbabies. You understand? He is over, and I'm talking about the O, the V, the E, the R, sir. Okay, it. He done. He done. He's like, at this point, y'all getting on my nerves. And I don't know what that would translate to in the King Jameth. You know, thy nerves is thine getting gone. I don't know. But I can tell you, sensing it in the spirit, okay, that he's over it. And so it didn't make me feel so bad that it was like, um, it's okay sometimes to identify your desire 
and your anointing, sometimes, you know, they, they do a little rumble in the jungle real quick. Sometimes they clash. But the keepsake for me was to be able to identify God trusted you with the problem. He knew that he can depend on you for that problem. Jesus, I know it's irritating, but listen, Adam messed up. We, we counting on you, bro. No pressure but pressure. If you don't handle it and do Calvary and do all this other stuff in between Calvary, we're doomed, sir. All mankind, but no pressure. Listen, sweetheart, I know you don't want to keep uh, meeting men that you feel like you not on my level or whatever you deemed your level to be, but why don't you ask God what that level is because there's a, um anointing with the problems that you see. And it may not be husbanding. It may not be. It, it, it's something that's on you that you keep attracting who you attract. And attracting doesn't always mean an intimate relationship. Sometimes you attract people at work that you're like, why is it every time? <laughs> I just want to do my work. I want to come in, do my job, and I want to leave. I don't know why you want to. You have to slow that down and ask God, what problem are you trusting me with? You know, my husband. Um, the good grandbaby thereof says something so amazing to me. And I'm probably going to say this in every conversation to come because it's just that rich of a, of a statement that he gave to me. He said, you know, anybody can be a great teacher, but the real anointing, the realness is if you are great at teaching. I said, wait, run that back way, he said, anyone can be a great teacher, but are you great at teaching? I said, oh, my goodness, you're right. And the problem that God anointed you to solve, you are a teacher in that area. You have dominion in that area. That is the area where God is like, go solve it for them. Go solve that for me. Go solve this on behalf of the kingdom. There is something that you can only do, that only your imprint could be there. And what's happening is that you're attaching your emotions to it and allowing the enemy to frustrate you where God anointed you. So now that I put my business all up and down these streets, and I better not hear that you told somebody about our conversation, but it's fine. My challenge to you, if you're not have heard it from the Holy Spirit yourself yet have you identified the problem that God trusted you with and are you wise enough to detach the emotion the enemy's trying to frustrate you with did you get that okay listen um because you know I'm not one to hold nobody but I feel like you got what you needed you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody is going to have with you, okay? Because I literally came in, took off my shoes, and was like, I have got to get this off. And now that I have gotten it off of my chest and just kind of just sorted out the puzzle pieces and put this thing together with you, honestly, real talk, and I can't even fit, I do feel better. Because now I understand why com communion is so important and why congregating with people is so important because together through the holy spirit listen there is no time and space in the holy spirit i know exactly who i'm talking to you understand 
And so when he is there, when two or more gather, he is in the midst. And so I feel like there are things that are breaking off of us when we're having these conversations. I wholeheartedly believe that. And so I know that if I'm feeling something, then there's a there's some, there's a ripple effect happening in the spiritual realm that is almost like once I'm relieved, now you're relieved. Do you understand that? Listen, but if you don't give the phone, you're going to start going, screenshotting me portions of your phone bill, and I don't have five on it. Nope. So let's go ahead and get off. I'm going to let you let me go, okay? Mm-hmm. Nope, quick, because I don't want you to remember. Um, We'll speak later, okay? <laughs> later.